Hello, fellow fantasizers, and welcome to the podcast, Preoccupation with Fantasy. I'm your host, Dylan Shash, and this is episode four. Sorry about the delay. I would usually have this episode out on either Friday or Saturday, Sunday at the latest, but uh, the simple reason is that I didn't have a topic that I was passionate enough to want to talk about, and it's difficult for me to commit to something when I'm not fully invested in it. And so I thought I can go ahead with this idea, but I didn't really work on it a lot, and so I thought, mm, well, maybe I just won't put out one for a few more days. But luckily, something um, sprung upon me randomly, and so I found the topic, and I said, yeah, I have to talk about this. And honestly, I'm surprised I didn't talk about it sooner. I suppose I did a little bit in the first episode, but um, it is distinct from the first one, which, if you haven't listened to it, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Anchor, but anyway... So let me tell you how this story came about, or this topic came about. I was out with my friend, Ethan, who I mentioned in the last podcast as well, or last episode, and we went and got food, we went to go see a movie, and during the drive there and back, we were listening to music, pretty low volume, because we were talking most of the time, and it was just a random, randomly curated playlist I had on Spotify. Um, and so I wasn't paying too much attention to it throughout the whole trip, but on the way back, when we're literally like a minute away from his house, I hear the first few chords to this song start. And I said, wait, 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 we have to circle the block. We have to listen to this song. It's just so relevant to what we were talking about. It's just a phenomenal song. And every time I hear it, it just takes me to a really cool, but deep place. Um, and so we did, we listened to it and I dropped them off and I got my idea for the episode. I was like, yep, this is what I'm going to talk about. And it's something that has been really present for me lately, but it, it's been, I don't want to call it an issue, but just something that always circles my mind for quite a few years now. And I, I feel like I say that about every topic, <laughs> um, but it's true. Okay, so the song is called Older, as in like younger, older, by a band called Nightly. It's this smaller indie band, um, I think it's three guys, and they just put out really good music, and they're the type of band that should be more famous than they are, but I think they're chill with it, uh, and I'm chill with it too. So I'm going to put the song in the description and you absolutely must listen to it. Um, I think it's one of those songs that we can all relate to in some way, especially if you're in your 20s. And with that said, I'm going to put another song of theirs in the description called 20 something. Again, it's the band is called Nightly. And I, I don't know how I first heard it. I think it was just... Um, part of like a another random playlist I think or um, it was recommended to me by the almighty algorithm but yeah the, just the first time I heard it I was just so invested in it and it just has this really simple mellow instrumental 
um, and just really honest lyrics in it. And so it's going to be in the description. I promise you, you'll relate to it somehow. Um, and so that's what that's what the topic is about. And and to not like overly reduce this beautiful song, I think to me anyway, it means or it's talking about the difficulties of getting older and these expectations we have for ourselves um, about what we should be doing at our age and what we should be doing in the next few years. And um, there's this thing that happens with us millennials or Gen Zs where we compare ourselves to typically our parents' generations, you know, the baby boomers. And we say, you know, when they were my age, they had this and this and this, right? They were married and had kids, a house, they served in a war. Um, and I'm, however old you are, you know, 23, 28, whatever it is, and I don't have any of those things, right? I mean, my life is good, but I don't have a lot to show for it yet. And I, I, I just, I hear this from so many people around my age. Um, and I don't know why we do that. I think part of the reason is that we feel pressured, I guess, like explicitly from our parents. There's, you know, you know I was your age, blah, 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 right? Um, but also it's just this like, I don't know, rational thought and expectation that we set for ourselves. And it's not, um, it's not fair to ourselves, right? Because the world is so incredibly different than it was 10 years ago, let alone 40, 50, 60 years ago. But we continue to do it. And it, you know, it doesn't have to be our parents, right? It can be friends that are older than us or siblings um, or even people close to our age, right? Like, look, they're happily married. They bought a house and a golden retriever and I'm drowning in student debt and... Uh, busting my ass at, at my job just to, you know, get by because I'm creating this life for myself. Um, and, and so, yeah, I just, I, I hear so many people say it and it really gets me thinking, like, why do we do this? Where does it come from? So I was talking with my therapist about this a little bit um, just last week, actually, because... Again, if you listen to previous episodes, I dropped out of grad school, and so I'm not in school right now. I don't have a job right now, although I did just do an interview, so waiting to hear back from that. And so I've just been at home, and I've had a lot of time to myself, a lot of time to think. I take my dog for a walk every day, and I um, have conversations in my head the entire time I'm with him. And I've just I've had a lot of time to reflect and think about where I want to go next, what the next chapter is, if you will, what my next move is, and what I want in life. Um, and it's been a little bit distressing, I guess. I mean, I'm always excited for the future, optimistic, um, but it is a little scary to not have a definite answer of what you want to do. You know, what you want to do next, but also what you want to do... Um, in life in general, you know, the next 10 years type of thing. And so I was talking to her about this. I said, you know, I have a, an interview for a, another graduate program that I really, really like, hoping to get into. But I'm ambivalent about it because it's a 
five-year program, and I don't know if I'm content with spending that much time in school, right? So I'm 23 now, I'll be 28 when I get out. And on top of that, I'll probably either have a part-time job or a graduate assistantship. So I'll be in full school time, I'll be working part-time, and just a lot of my time is going to be taken up. And right now, a lot of my time isn't taken up. And so I get to spend time with my friends and my family and, um, you know, do the things that um, just, you know, bring me pleasure with, you know, with no uh, end goal necessarily. And um, I don't know how I feel about that, right? I really like the program and I really think it will help me do what I want to do in life, but I don't know if I'm willing to do what it takes to get through the program. You know, I, I think I can academically, but five years is a long time, a long time of grinding. And I don't know. And, you know, I said to her, a part of me wants to, you know, get through this interview and then um, just let them decide, right? Like put all the power in their hands of whether I'm, I get in or not. And she thought, oh, you know, that's that interesting because yes, it is their decision if you get in or not, but it's ultimately your decision if you decide to, you know, if you do get accepted to enter the program or not. Uh, um, so, you know, it got to this one point where, speaking more generally, and I told her outright, I have this irrational thought that when I turn 30, life is over. And she just started busting out laughing and said, holy shit. <laughs> um, I think because she is either close to being 30 or maybe just a few years older than 30. Um, but yeah, I just like literally like a um, really powerful laugh. And I also like side note, I think that is helpful uh, for some people because we have this idea that therapists are like these non-feeling beings. Um, and that's not true right? If you are in the helping profession, if you're a therapist, it's because you've gone through shit yourself. And so don't uh, be hesitant to enter therapy because you think they won't be able to understand you. They've, trust me, they've, they've been through shit. <laughs> um, so we had a good laugh about it. And then we started talking again. She said, you know, I, I hear that a lot from 20-somethings that they don't want to turn 30, they're nervous to turn 30, they have all these things they want to do. Um, but, I mean, like you said, it, it is an irrational thought. And I said, yeah, yeah, I know it is, but uh, I don't know why I have it. I've had it for a few years now. I remember in my undergrad, I was talking to a professor that I was really close with. I still am close with her. And she sent me an email one day and said, you know, Dylan, you seem very uh, time sensitive. And that's not a common trait I see in students your age. Is everything okay? And I said, yeah, I just um, have a lot of decisions I need to make and there's a lot going on, blah, blah, blah. And she said, oh, okay, good. I, I, I thought you were dying, <laughs> right? Like I, I need to get stuff done as quick as I can because I don't have any time left. Um, and I thought, wow, well, that's, that's an interesting response. I wonder if other people think that right. But, you know, the point is, this has been at, like, the forefront 
of a lot of the decisions I make. I have this timeline in my head that I want to simultaneously meet, but also never get to, right? Um, and I think we, I think all 20 somethings experience this, whether we admit it to ourselves or not. I think a lot of people aren't fully conscious of it. And I think the number one way that people hide it or try to work through it is by grinding their asses off, right? So they work 40 plus hours a week. They have side hustles and um, they're constantly, you know, overwhelming themselves, always picking up more things to get the house, to get into the school they want. Um, I don't know, get the relationship they want, whatever it is. And I, just, I see people working so damn hard around my age to get to X, Y, and Z. The issue is, though, that while they are grinding to get to X, Y, and Z, I don't think, and here's me speaking for other people, <laughs> I don't think, I guess I should say, I wonder if they are happy while they're doing it, right? Are they happy that they're working extra hours, that they're um, taking all these positions, whatever it is, applying for all these jobs, just for, you know, the heck of it, because they're in the present moment? Or are they happy because they know that they're building their life to get to X, Y, and Z? And I think if the primary or sole reason for your happiness and your motivation is because you know you're building your life to get to X, Y, and Z, I think that's problematic. Because then you're not really living in the moment, right? You're living to get to a destination, to get to a goal. Um, but life still goes on as that's happening, right? And not to sound cliche, but... Um, you know, nothing is permanent, nothing is set in stone. Um, and I, I just, I guess I wonder if when we look back, when we get to X, Y, and Z, when we finally achieve that goal, whatever it is, if, we, if we'll look back and think we missed stuff, if it was worth it, if it's not what we wanted after all, or if the fun part was not achieving the goal, but working towards the goal. And so it, it's, a, it's something I hear a lot. And I know it's not just me <laughs> because there are, th this is coming up more and more in art. So I think a, a perfect example is Bo Burnham's Inside, which if you have not seen Inside, on Netflix by Bo Burnham. I assure you, you are missing out. This man is a social philosopher of our age, um, a great comedian and singer-songwriter and social critic. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. But a, a big theme behind the documentary, the film, whatever you want to call it, is him trying to finish this before he turns 30. 
So this was during the pandemic when everybody was inside. It was a, you know, it's why it's called inside. It was his um, project and he wanted to have everything done and have it out there before he turned 30. And it, it doesn't get done before he turns 30. And there's a significant part of the film that talks about that. And there's also an entire song dedicated to it. And again, the same theme of, that's brought up, um, I think something, the line is, you know, when my dad was, my granddad was 27, he was in World War II. And here I am making jokes and songs, something like that. Um, and it's, again, it, it's like this disappointment, like, oh, damn, I missed it. I, I um, missed the mark and time's running out. Because again, 30 seems to be this like ending point of life. Um, another good example is the new Netflix musical Tick, Tick, Boom, which is based off of, oh, what's the man name? It's, it's, it's loosely based off of a real person that again is trying to accomplish something before he turns 30. Jonathan Larson, Jonathan Larson. Um, he's trying to finish this his, this play, this musical, before he turns 30. And he compares himself to famous uh, writers that, you know, they had their first musicals when they were 26. And um, here I am having nothing done yet. I'm still waiting tables. It, so it's just, it's, it's like always been a thing, but it is becoming so much more of a thing. And I, it's like this collective anxiety that is felt if you are 20-something that... Certain things have got to be done before you turn 30, before life is over, and you've got to work your ass off to get them done. And it's just, oh, it's just, it's not, it's not helpful. Um, but I get it. <laughs> I do. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. That's, I, I, um, I also, I usually have episodes more prepared than I do for this one. <laughs> but not only is it late, but we're a little bit we're a little bit scattered here, but that's fine. So all of this got me thinking about something else I talked about in therapy and I, I learned a while back. It's called the tyranny of the shoulds. And it was first coined by a psychologist, a psychoanalyst named Karen Horney, who made a uh, big strides and strides in psychology and, and feminist psychology. Um, right. But, but she called it the tyranny of the shoulds because we have these statements, these expectations, these goals for ourselves. And you know, it is maladaptive, irrational, whatever you want to call it, if it has the word should in it. And we all do this, right? I should have this done. I should be this type of person. I shouldn't feel this way, blah, blah, blah. Right? And, and sometimes we're not conscious of it. Sometimes we're conscious of a few of the big ones, but we all have these. And the issue with it is that if you ask yourself one simple question, you will start to unravel the rationality of it and challenge it hopefully so that you can reach a, a healthy, um, healthier way of thinking. And the, 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 it's a two word simple question says who, so I should have a house by 26 so I can be independent says who, 
And it, I think we feel stunned <laughs> when we ask ourselves that question or, or somebody else ask us, uh, ask us. Um, and it always, you know, we beat around the bush sometimes, but it always comes back to us. You know, you, you are the one who says that needs to happen. You are the one that made this expectation for you to reach. And, you know, other people, sure, sometimes their parents, other family figures, friends, whatever, put expectations on us. But no one says that you have to absorb those, right? You have to meet those. You, again, decide if you're going to internalize those things and and, and um, pretend that you came up with it yourself so that you can achieve your own goal, right? And so... I guess that's a good like cognitive trick to apply is that if you ever catch yourself setting unrealistic expectations or deadlines or goals for yourself, see if it comes from a should statement. It probably does. And then ask yourself, says who, who says I need to do X, Y, Z, or who says I shouldn't feel X, Y, Z. And I certainly have a lot of these. I want to have either like a decent apartment or a house by 30. I want to be married by 30. And I want to have kids by, I don't know, 32, 33. Um, and what am I doing to get there? I don't know. <laughs> what am I going to be doing to get there? I'm not sure. But here is the thing that is perfectly okay. And that is, I think, a big message of this of this episode what I'm trying to get to is that it is okay to not know what you want, what you're trying to achieve, why you want to achieve it. It's okay. You do not have to figure it out right now. We're 20-something years old. This shit takes time. <laughs> And more than that, you will figure it out. Okay, I assure you, you will figure it out. It might not come as soon as you want, or at the time that you want, but it will come eventually. You will figure it out, I assure you. And, you know, it, it's funny and ironic because... I think one of the biggest barriers to figuring it out is pretending that you have it figured out already, right? This um, lying to yourself that you know what you want in life exactly and you have to do these things to get there. But that, you know, that, that prevents you from doing the work, the honest introspection to actually knowing what it is that you want. So I will be, you know, completely honest and, and um, self-disclose that I don't know exactly what I want right now. I have some ideas, but I cannot tell you what my 10-year plan is. I can tell you what my five-year plan is. But I'm okay with that because I'm 23 years old. I mean, 
uh, in a lot of ways, I still feel like a, you know, a kid, right? A teenager. And I think I would be more nervous if I did know exactly what I wanted right now, because I haven't lived that much life. I mean, I've lived a lot of life, I think, but there's so much that I don't know that I haven't experienced. And I think as I do experience more and do make more mistakes and try new things, see what I like and what I don't like, that it will come, that I will figure it out. And maybe that means going, you know, for me into another grad program and dropping out again. Maybe it means completing one. Maybe it means not going back into one at all. I don't know. But like I said in the first episode, I would much rather waste money than time. So have the conversation with yourself. What is it that you want? Why do you want that? Where does that come from? And look, if you know, that's great. You know, I'm, I'm not saying like, if you know you're lying to yourself, you're kidding yourself, right? No, I, I, some of us do, and that's great. At the same time, if you don't, that's also fine. And more than that, if you get the things that you think you want and you realize this is what I wanted after all, then show yourself some grace and say, I changed my mind, right? I realize now that I have it, now that I've gotten here, I want different things. And what what's wrong with that? Nothing is, right? Says who? <laughs> um, yeah, I think, and I think that we need to do a lot more of that, right? Showing ourselves grace. Where does where do these expectations come from? I have been jokingly calling it twenty something vision, right? Which is like a play on words of twenty twenty vision. Um, I call it twenty something because again, this is something that a lot of twenty somethings go through, and what we do is cloud our judgment of trying to achieve certain things, trying to do certain things to get there. Um, and we need to take off those glasses. I mean, this, this metaphor is getting um, kind of beaten down. You know, take off our glasses or uh, wipe our eyes, you know, rub the dirt off our face, whatever, and just see life for what it is and just live life in the moment and be okay when life changes, when circumstances change, uh, change. Um, and just not chain ourselves to these unrealistic, irrational barriers, right? It will come. You will figure it out. It may not be easy. It may take time. Um, people ask you questions about, you know, what the hell are you doing with your life? And you see them all over the place. Um, how could you change your mind now? I thought this is what you, you said. This is what you always wanted, right? That is all just noise. And again, it is just a waste of time holding on to that and, and internalizing that because it is, again, getting in the way of what you actually want to do. 
So, I don't know. It is, it's scary because life is so uncertain and I think it helps us to know that there are certain things we want to get at in a certain way we want to do them. But at the same time, it is so exciting to know that we get to write our own stories and we get to make our own decisions. And I, I get to, I want to say that I know I'm speaking from a place of privilege right now. I know that some people don't have the privilege of being able to move back in with their parents and take this time to, to figure things out. But even while you're, again, doing the things that maybe you don't want to do, you can still live the life as you have it. Because it's all you got at that moment, right? Can't change the past. Can't uh, depend on the future. And so we have to find a way to radically accept where we are, what we have, when we have it, and be okay with it and do the best that we can do. So if you're 20-something, or even if you're 30-something, don't panic. <laughs> you have so much life to live, probably. We might all die tomorrow, who knows? <laughs> and you'll figure it out. It will come to you. And if you're 20-something, life does not end at 30. If anything, you go through this really cool change when 30 comes. And don't worry about that right now. And don't um, be so obsessed with the future that you miss out what's happening right in front of you. You know, I think if I ever, I don't know, like win a, a 30 under 30 award... <laughs> And they say, you know, now that you're turning 30, what would you want to tell your 20-year-old self? I would say nothing. <laughs> I, would, I would either say nothing or don't listen to anything that your 30-year-old self says. Because the knowledge I have right now, the experiences I have right now, the motivations, my drive, whatever it is, that is going to get me to the place that I want to get to. And I want to be fully present in the journey to getting wherever I'm going. You know, going through the rough patches and the really exciting moments, the highs and the lows, figuring things out. That is part of the journey and it is a beautiful part. And I don't want to skip ahead of that or um, go around it. I want to be fully present with that. Right? Because that, I mean, that, that is what life is. <laughs> it's not a place you get to. It's not a destination. It's just living. And, and there's something just wonderful and peaceful peaceful about that okay so I think 
the existential thought is coming to a close. <laughs> um, please listen to the songs in the description and see what they get you thinking about, where they take you, and just show yourself some grace, right? Don't have these expectations, these goals, whatever it is that are irrational, that are um, <clears throat> coming from dark places. Don't let the tyranny of the shoulds overwhelm you. Remember to ask yourself, who says? To challenge those thoughts and remind yourself that you will figure it out and have, have fun as you're doing that. Okay? Talk to everybody soon.